לקוטי סיכס חלק י"ט, פרשס האזינו, סיכה א', דסיכה אז בינג סטאדיד אין ממורי אין מרט, אברב יסף בן יומן בן רב מנשה קלטמן. The first verse in Parshas Ha'azinu reads, Ha'azinu ha'shamayim va'adabeiro, v'tishma ha'oretz imreifi. The translation of these words, Listen heavens and I will speak. May the earth too hear the words of my mouth. Rashi explains the words, Ha'azinu ha'shamayim, noticeably only mentioning the very beginning of the verse using these two words, as the Divrei HaMaschil, and says, Sh'ani Masre Bohem V'Yisrol Tihiu Atem Eidim B'Dover Bear witness to the warning I am giving Israel and bear witness to this matter. For, Rashi continues, I've already told Israel that you will bear witness. At this point, Rashi adds, V'chein v'tishma ha'oretz, and also let the earth hear. Why, continues Rashi, did Moshe call upon heaven and earth to be witness for warning Israel? Because, said Moshe, I am just flesh and blood. Tomorrow I will die. L'machar animes. If Israel says, but we never accepted this covenant, who will refute their claim? Therefore, an eternal witness as eternal witnesses, Moshe called upon heaven and earth. Rashi then brings another explanation saying, V'oid, and furthermore, if Israel acts meritoriously, then these witnesses will show up with reward. Hagef and titen piria, the vine will give forth its fruit, v'ha'aretz titen yivula, the earth will give its produce, and the heavens will give due. If Israel acts sinfully, the witnesses will be first to inflict punishment. The heavens will be closed up by God. There will be no rain. The earth will not produce. And your enemies will attack and you will perish quickly. Rashi's proof for his explanation are the little literal words of the Pasuk, Vazinu Hashamayim, that the heavens listen. After all, the content of these verses are not for the heavens, but rather for the sake of the nation. Instruction how to behave and the consequences otherwise. And so Rashi explains the insertion of Moshe speaking to the heavens and earth as calling upon them to listen and bear witness to the warning and instruction given to the nation and to the actions of the nations, hence calling upon the heavens and earth because of their eternality. What's challenging here is that just two parshies earlier at the end of Parshas Nitzavim, we read the following, Ha'idoisi bochem ha'yoyim eshashamayim v'asoretz, This day, says Moshe, I call upon the heavens and earth as witness that I've warned you and set before you life and death. Choose life. Rashi says there too, offering two explanations on the words. The one explanation, Shehim kayomim lo'olam v'kasher 
תקרא אסכם הרע, יהיו עדים שאני הסירסי בכם כל זויס. The one explanation, a very brief version of what Rashi teaches in Ha'azinu, that they exist forever. When the bad will befall you, they will be witnesses that I have warned you with this. Rashi then says, Dover Acher, and another second explanation on the words, Heidoisi Bachem Hayem, I call upon you today as witness, is that if you gaze upon the heavens, that I created for you, you see they have never changed their ways. Has the sphere of the sun ever failed to rise from the east to illuminate the world? And the earth, which I created to serve you, has she ever changed her nature? Shema nosna midosa? Has she ever changed her nature? Have you sown and not had growth? Shema zaratem aysavalait samcha? Or have you sown wheat and it yielded barley instead? O ma elu, shenasu loy lishar veloy lahefsid, im zeichin en mekablim peronis. And these, heaven and earth, weren't created with reward or loss in mind. If they fulfill the purpose for which they are created, they receive no reward. If they fail, they are not punished. But they have never changed their ways. Atem. You, that if you are worthy, you receive reward. And if otherwise you receive punishment, how much more so you should be committed, committed excuse me, to fulfilling my will. So it's not quite clear why Rashi asks the same question in Parsha's Hazinu, Why does Moshe call upon heaven and earth to bear witness that we seemingly covered earlier on? And even if Rashi has reason to once again explain why heaven and earth are set as witnesses, why not give the short version here in Ha'azinu the second time around, the long version the first time around in its oven? This also brings up the question in the second explanation in our Parsha, which is different To the second explanation Rashi gives earlier. In its Tzavim, Rashi says that Maisha guides the nation to look towards the heavens and earth and is an example and a lesson, and as such they are witness. Not speaking, however, to the heavens and earth and directing them to bear witness. Rashi in our Parsha says that if you merit, these witnesses will give reward And if not, the opposite is true. And this would have been equally relevant in Parsha's Nitzavim when Moshe speaks to the nation about the heaven and earth as witness. The first time Rashi explains this idea. So why not mention this there? Why particularly in Hazinu when Moshe is addressing the heavens and the earth as witnesses? There are a few more details in our Rashi which need to be clarified. Why does Rashi elaborate and say that Moshe said to the heavens and earth, I told them you would be our witness? Why is it important to notify, so to speak, heaven and earth that Hashem informed the nation that they would be our witness? 
We can, so to speak, answer this away by saying that this was done in the event that the nation did not want the heaven and earth to be witness, because whether or not they wanted this, Moshe called upon heaven and earth to bear witness to this warning, and so it would be. Witnesses don't serve at the request of those they bear witness against. One can also not suggest that this question can be satisfactorily answered by saying that a warning is only good if the ones warned know there are witnesses who will bear witness against them. As the nation had already been informed in its sovereign when Moshe spoke to them, versus speaking to the heaven and earth in Hazinu, and told them this, and it isn't relevant to the witnesses that the nation had already was already warned. Another question would be regarding the wording in Rashi, when Rashi says, in case the nation says we never accepted the bris, the covenant, which is different to what the Sifri says on this verse. The Sifri says, in case the nation claimed that they never accepted the Torah. And also, in this suggesting, that is this suggesting that without witnesses, one can disclaim Torah mitzvahs completely? Looking at yet another question, we'll preface our understanding of the above. It's, it seems that according to Rashi, when Moshe said in Parshish Nitzavim to the nation that, I'm placing heaven and earth as witness upon you today, and listen heaven and listen earth in our parsha. it's actually the same declaration that heaven and earth will bear witness with a singular difference, as Rashi tells us in Parshas Vayelech, in Periklamet Aleph, chapter 31, Pesach of Ches, verse 28, where the Torah tells us that Moshe said, gather the tribal elders and I will speak these words to them and I will call upon heaven and earth as witness against them. Rashi questions, but Hashem already called upon heaven and earth as witness in Parshas Nitzavim, one Parsha before. Rashi, Rashi answers, that in Parshas Nitzavim, Hashem was addressing the nation, but not the heaven and earth. Now, in Hazinu, Hashem is addressing Shemayim and Oretz, heaven and earth directly. Moshe even states, as Rashi tells us, that I've already informed heaven and earth they would be our witness. So it seems, according to Rashi, that in Nitzavim and in Hazinu, the declaration is the same. Bear witness to these words, but in one place addressed to the nation and another, the other addressed to heaven and earth. The problem is, though, that when we look at the words in Parshas Nesavim and the words in Parshas Hazinu, it's clear that the difference isn't only about whether the nation is being addressed or heaven and earth, but also the message is different. As in Hazinu, the heaven and earth are bearing witness to the Shira of Hazinu that follows, and in itself him to what Moshe warned them about to follow Hashem's Torah and not stray, and the consequences if they did stray. So why does Rashi, using the words, I've told the nation, you'll bear witness, meaning back in itself him, give the impression that it's the same Edus. The difference is only who's being addressed. It seems that this is not the case. To understand all of this, we need to understand this word, edos, this idea of witness. 
We know this word as it's used in several psukim and Torah as a sign and a symbol and a memorial to something in particular. And this kind of sign can be in one of several ways. One might elect a symbol that has no connection to the actual event or to that which is being memorialized or witnessed. For example, when in Parshas Vayera, Avraham and Avimelech made a treaty. Avraham brought seven lambs to Avimelech, and Avimelech asked, what's the significance of the seven lambs? To which Avraham responded and said, these seven lambs that you will take from me are a symbol and bear witness to the well that I dug, and that this well belongs to me and to no other. Now, the seven lambs had no direct connection to Avram's ownership of the well. It's just that Avram and Avimelech agreed that these seven lambs would become the edus, the symbol of their treaty to memorialize Avram's ownership of the well. This kind of symbol doesn't have to be eternal. Rather, it's the intention behind the symbol that must remain in place even after the sign established is gone. Clearly, these seven lambs didn't live the entire lifetime of the treaty, which went on for several generations. They didn't even live as long as Avram and Avimelech, though the treaty did live on. Another kind of edus is a symbol that has a connection to what it serves as testimony to. The example would be the gal, the pile of stones in Parshas Vayetze that Yaakov established as a monument to serve between himself and Lovon. In Periklamet Aleph and Posuk Nun Beis, Yaakov says, Eid hagal hazev eido hamatseva, imani loi avare lecha es hagal hazev imata loi savare lai es hagal hazev es hamatseva hazeis lara. This pile of stones will serve as a sign that I don't enter on your property, you don't enter my area of land, and we cause no harm to one another. This pile of stones is, of course, a symbol that has a direct connection to the arrangement or to the agreement as it serves to separate their properties, even though they just so chose something quite arbitrarily to make a symbol of for their agreement. We can now better understand this idea of heaven and earth bearing witness to the commitment of the nation to Torah mitzvahs. There's no room to question why heaven and earth, as these were chosen to bear witness arbitrarily, though there's no real connection to what they bear witness. Hence, Rashi says only what they will bear witness to. When the bad times come, these witnesses, heaven and earth, will serve to remind us that we were warned to follow Torah. Now, these witnesses are eternal witnesses and not temporary witnesses like the sheep of Avram and Avimelech. The sheep that were witnessed for Avram were necessary for a particular place and for a specific number of generations. But heaven and earth were to bear witness to an eternal people for all time and all places, hence their eternality. What's still missing, though, in the explanation, which reflects Rashi's first explanation in Parshas Nitzavim, what's missing, however, is that it's appropriate to make a symbolic witness of something chosen particularly and set to serve as witness. But heaven and earth have been around from the beginning of time. How then can Moshe now say that the purpose of heaven and earth are to bear testimony or to bear witness? 
Nothing has changed in heaven and earth that they are now being set to bear witness. Hence Rashi's second explanation, the Dover Acher, Omar Lohem HaKadosh Baruch Another explanation that Rashi brings is that Hashem said to the nation, Look to the heavens that I created to be in your service, how they've never changed their pattern that I've commanded them in and created them in. By their very nature and design, they serve as a symbol of the commitment a Jew should have to Torah and mitzvahs. With this explanation, Rashi removes the question that heaven and earth were always there, so how can they suddenly be made witness? Rashi, however, could not suffice only with this Dover Achar, with his additional explanation, because in the Pasuk, Moshe uses the term when he addresses the nation, Hayoim, Hayoim, today I make them witness. But the nature of heaven and earth as constant in their commitment to God's desire and thus serving as an example for the Jewish nation isn't only a matter that began that day. And so Rashi also gives the first explanation, which while addressing the future, the witness is established Hayoim that day when Moshe warned the nation and made heaven and earth witness. The common denominator in these two types of symbols that serve as witness, the one arbitrary like the sheep and the other a clear sign that is connected to the covenant is that a human being isn't needed to fulfill this task and the symbol bearing witness need not be aware of its purpose. You don't need a medaber, a human being to serve as a symbol of this witness and the, that which serves as witness doesn't need to be aware of its purpose. Yet when we look at the words Moshe used in the Pasuk addressing heaven and earth, Hazinu hashamayim va'adabeira, v'tishma ha'aretz imri fi, listen heavens and I will speak and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. It's clear that this is very different to the way Moshe addressed the Jews about the heaven and earth as witnesses and reminders in Parshas Nitzavim. In this Pasuk, Moshe is addressing the witnesses, calling upon them to hear and indeed bear witness, to bear witness to a particular event or to some declaration. Therefore, Rashi adds the words, You will serve as witness to this. And if that's the case, if Moshe is truly establishing actual witnesses here in Hazinu, unlike in Itzavim, in Itzavim they were just called upon to be symbolic, why then not use people like throughout the entire Torah? Why heaven and earth? Rashi's question isn't how heaven and earth can be witnessed, rather why wouldn't the witnesses be human witnesses? And so Rashi answers saying that Moshe said, I'm human and I will die. A human being doesn't live forever. The witness for the possibility that a Jew will in later generations say, we didn't take this covenant on, requires an eternal witness to contradict that statement. But if heaven and earth are to serve as true witnesses, not just aware of the covenant, but also capable of giving witness if necessary and meeting out punishment, how does that work? Therefore, Rashi adds the ve'oid, and in addition, not a different explanation, but rather a supporting statement. This isn't a davar acher. 
It's a supporting statement to the beginning of Rashi, which is that heaven and earth can mete out reward and punishment as needed by bringing forth produce and rain or withholding. Accordingly, we can now understand some of the other details we wondered about. Now that we know that heaven and earth could actualize their role as witnesses, it's also significant that the declaration in front of a witness impacts the one who is being warned and will help him to hold back from doing something undesirable. And so Rashi tells us here in Hazinu that I informed them that you will bear witness. This reference isn't to what Moshe had said in Parshas Nitzavim, but rather this reference is to the Pasuk in Vayelech, where Moshe tells the elders of the nation, I will call upon heaven and earth to bear witness against them as complete witnesses. But this emphasizes a question we had earlier, and that is that heaven and earth are only considered true witnesses in Parshas Hazinu, but not in Nitzavim. In Nitzavim, they serve only as a sign and a symbol. To understand this, we need to understand that in Parshas Nitzavim, Moshe was generally calling upon the nation to commit to Terah, to choose life, to be aware of the rewards and the punishments for which witnesses are just not actually necessary. There's no concern really that the nation will negate the entire giving of the Torah mitzvahs. The giving of the Torah to the Jewish people was public national knowledge. Everyone knew of this and it was passed down from generation to generation. In Itzavim, a symbol as a lesson was sufficient. It was enough to serve as a remembrance, to be consistent as the heaven and earth are consistent in their service of God with no reward. But in Parshas Hazinu, the content and purpose of the Shira of Hazinu is not just about the obligation to fulfill Torah, but to hold fast to the covenant, which is composed of several details. And there, there's a possibility to negate the acceptance of this covenant as well to stay committed to all the details of the covenant between ourselves and Hashem, true witnesses must be in place who can enforce this commitment to this covenant. There's a fascinating idea in halacha that we learn through this explanation of Rashi. If, indeed, heaven and earth are true witnesses, why does Rashi omit the earth, as he begins his explanation on this pasuk? To develop this question, Edim, actually, the idea of Edus requires two consenting voices. But Moshe said Hazinu to the heavens and Tishma to the earth. That makes them two separate witnesses with two different processes, which removes the possibility of consenting witnesses. According to Drush and Halacha, the Sifri actually says that the most important thing regarding witnesses is that the two witnesses testify in the same way. If they do, that's sufficient. So accordingly, the Safri says that if Moshe had only said Hazinu HaShemayim and Vatishma HaOretz, each witness, each heaven or earth could claim not to have fulfilled their instruction. And so Yeshaya the prophet, Yeshaya switched the terminology in speaking this prophecy and said, Ha'azinu aretz, 
listen earth and tishma shamayim, hear heavens, ensuring they would both encompass both commands to hear and bear witness. But Rashi doesn't explain it this way, because if Rashi were to use the Safri to explain this, then the implication would be that until the time of Ishayo, the heavens and the earth were not complete witnesses. Rashi, who teaches according to the literal intention of the Pasuk, is teaching that heaven and earth became complete Edim right then. Therefore, Rashi only begins the explanation with the words Ha'azinu Hashamayim, listen heavens, and continues and says, V'tihiyu atem edim. Atem, this is a reference, a plural reference, to heavens, because heaven alone is already plural and not singular. There are many heavens. Rashi then adds, V'tishma ha'aretz, that the earth should hear. Earth, too, has the power of bearing witness as a group, as a multiple. We know that land, too, is not a singular. Hence, testimony atis is plural, even if it's just heaven and even if it's just earth. Yet another issue in halacha and the Rashi is the following. How does Moshe know that the heavens and the earth want to bear witness against the Jewish nation, that he calls upon them to do so? Rashi alludes to this with the words, I told the nation you'll bear witness. When? At the end of Ayelech, when Moshe calls upon the elders of the nation, and he then tells them that the heaven and earth will bear witness, Moshe is calling upon the powers of the elders of the Sanhedrin to establish heaven and earth as witnesses. So here in Hazinu, Rashi takes care of that question with those words. Chassidus teaches us a very profound idea. In Nitzavim, where there is a general discussion of Torah mitzvahs, we said we don't need real actual witnesses. But in Hazinu, for a bris, for a covenant, we do. Why is that? It's just not possible that a Jew would just outright intentionally negate Torah. The only way that would happen, says Chassidus, is if a Ruach Shtus overtakes him. And he imagines or convinces himself that he's still doing okay as a Jew, despite the wrong that he's doing. For this kind of lapse, all a Jew needs is inspiration or a reminder. Look at the heavens and earth as a reminder and an example. That reminder can come in two ways. One is through the bad things that happen, which serve to awaken a Jew to his lapse. The second way is then Heaven or earth encouraging the performance of mitzvahs, either through giving of its blessing or withholding. But when it comes to a bris, when it comes to a covenant, which is what Parshas Hazinu is about, a covenant about ensuring that Torah and mitzvahs are strengthened for all eternity with all its details, a reminder isn't enough. For this, Adem are required to facilitate the concealed power within every Jew of Mesiris Nefesh. Edim, witnesses, can facilitate this, as the Altareb explains, because in fact, bearing witness is required only when something cannot be readily seen. Mesiris Nefesh is a concealed reality in the innermost soul of a Jew, is derived from the Yechida of the Nefesh, which is concealed and beyond revelation completely. And for this, 
We require not symbols or reminders, but true Adim to reveal that which cannot be seen, the Messias Nefesh of a Jew.